What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must with Label Free. As always, bringing you incredible guests from all over the world. So sit back, relax, and tune in. My next guest is a serial entrepreneur, an agency owner, and a business mentor. Please welcome Ray Hyde Cornell. Ray, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited because I love my boss babe. So you're like officially now part of my boss babe tribe. And <laughs> like, we got to hear your story because you've had a lot of success being an entrepreneur. Yeah, it didn't start out that way, though. Um, I actually got into being self-employed and a, a freelance writer out of necessity. So I was I was very young when I left home. I left home when I was 16, went to college when I was 17, um, finished in three years. And while I was in undergrad, I was assaulted on campus and developed horrible PTSD. I couldn't leave my room. I was just sleeping all the time, waking up not at all rested. I couldn't hold down a traditional job. And so I still had to pay my way through school yeah. and I had big aspirations. I wanted to be a counselor in the prison system. I wanted to get master's degrees, which I ended up being able to do all of that because I started working as a freelance writer. So I did what a lot of people in my situation do when they feel like they just don't fit into the mold. Yeah. I went to Google and I typed in how to make money as a writer, because that's something that I was always really good at. You know, I feel like everybody has a natural talent yeah. for some people. It's photography or painting or drawing or, you know, whatever it might be singing. Mine was writing. And so I used my natural ability to make money and pay my way through school and yeah. through life to the point where eventually when I was about this close to getting that position that I had always been dreaming of in the mental health world, I burned out on mental health and I threw myself full time into my side hustle, which now pays for my entire household. I was able to retire my husband back in October wow. and it's been a very unexpected road, but I'm so grateful for everything that has gotten us to this point. Wow. What an amazing story. I love that. How, like after going through all that schooling and getting so close to getting that job, like what was that internal struggle like? Because that had to be really tough. Like shit, excuse, excuse me guys, I'm swearing a little bit, but like shit, you're like put all this time and energy and invested into your education. And then you're like, oh, oops, I don't want to go that way. Totally. And I think this is something that a lot of college graduates go through. Like you get the degree and then you go into the working world and you're like, wait, this is not what I imagined it would be like. And for me, I had big dreams of helping people overcome PTSD. And, you know, my parents were both police officers. And so I really had a deep understanding of the criminal justice world. And I could understand both sides, the law enforcement and the criminal mind. And I felt like I could do some real good. But then when I was actually working at a mental hospital, it's just bureaucratic red tape after red tape after red tape. And there's so much that you can't do. And I had a patient come in. He was coming in for like the third or fourth time. And I was sitting with him as he was coming down off of meth. And my supervisor was telling me to put him through the same protocol. And I'm like, but he's been here before. That's what we did last time. And look at him. It didn't work. And so I just got frustrated with being a part of this revolving door system that was not doing the good that I had, I, I guess, romanticized in my head during my college years. Yeah. And I just burned out on being a cog in that wheel that was not getting anybody anywhere. And so 
after I went full-time as a freelance writer and eventually grew my business from just being me, a solopreneur, into having an agency, a team full of creatives, designers, social media managers, wow. VAs, all of these like incredibly talented creatives, I, for a while, was still kind of bitter about my degrees and yeah. the years that I spent and all the free labor of being an intern and all of the things that you go through to get to that professional status. And then... I realized, you know, it was, I think during a sales call with a potential client when they asked me, so do you have a degree in marketing? And I said, no, actually my degrees are in psychology. And instead of, I thought I was going to get shut down. Like, yeah. oh, we're not going to hire someone who doesn't have a degree in marketing or, or business. They lit up and they go, wow, that's really interesting. I think that's actually what we need for our marketing strategy. And it wasn't until I got that validation from others that actually psychology and what I do go very hand in hand that I kind of embraced it. And I let go of the bitterness and, you know, I stopped rolling my eyes every time I looked at my student loan debt and <laughs> all of that. So it was, it took some time, but it was very relieving when I was able to accept that everything happened for a reason mm -hmm. on my journey to get to where I am. And I just need to embrace that experience and not be frustrated or feel like it was wasted time because really nothing is wasted time. No, not at all. Uh, but I can really, I'd be very frustrated with that revolving door to mm. I'm a total empath and I didn't realize as an empath until later now in, in my life, but like to want to do good and you are genuinely in a place where you want to like help people and you're not able to because of all that red tape would, would be super frustrating. I think I'd probably get depressed from that. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it, it was quite frustrating because like you, I'm an empath as well. And, and when you're a counselor, especially when I was working with my drug rehab facility clients, you, you feel what they feel and you, yeah. you want to let them know that what they feel is valid, but you're not allowed to say certain things. You have to keep it very by the book, very clinical, very sterile in a way. And I just wanted to connect with people on a human level, but in the mental health world, especially if you're going to be a licensed clinical practitioner, you can't do that. You can't have that human to human connection. Otherwise you're overstepping boundaries. Yeah. You're creating too much of a relationship. And so now I'm very grateful because I get to connect with my clients, both on the marketing agency side of things, as well as a business mentor on the Chiron side of things. And I get to use that where that to me is the most fulfilling thing where I get to connect to people and tell them, I get it. I understand. Yeah. And to validate them, that makes the working relationship so much more productive. Yeah, I bet. And, you know, I would, I would say that there's a lot of psychology that goes into marketing. Yes. You, know, because you have to really kind of understand how people operate to see what's going to trigger them to be interested in whatever you're creating to get that reaction. Right. And exactly. That, like that's probably, I mean, why you're so successful because you're able to take that and, and parlay it into what you do now. Right. Because marketing is all about getting people to make certain decisions. Yeah. And the other thing that I really enjoy about what I do is there are all things that we all cringe at in terms of marketing and advertising. We're like, oh, like I'm so yeah. tired of seeing this ad or ooh, scarcity tactics or ooh, FOMO. I hate that, yeah. you know, and we may not identify it and recognize it 
at the surface level, but we know how it makes us feel. And so as a marketer, I get to fix all of that and help businesses create marketing strategies and campaigns that actually make their target customers feel good and understood and heard. And human decision-making is not logical. We like to think it is, but it's really not. It's very emotional. And so I'm, I guess, a little bit on a mission crusade soapbox about fixing those things in the marketing world and taking the manipulation out of it and infusing the marketing world with just human to human connection. Because ultimately at companies, it's just humans, individual yeah. humans that make up this conglomerate talking to other humans. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty big task that you're taking on because I think it's going to be, uh, you know, when you're talking about big corporations, that that manipulation part is a is a key part of their their marketing tactics. You it know, is. I can see through it, but you know, most people out there, and I'm sorry to say this, but are kind of like robots and sheep. Like, yeah. oh, you know, they like to follow the shiny thing, and you know, it's it's unfortunate that people are so programmed to and i think we are i think a lot yeah. of societies programmed to react to that because you know they've been able to study our i was talking to somebody yesterday ahead of my show and that that psychological piece that they that they're watching like the ai is you know watching behind you know siri she's listening yes you know? and like they study that to know what's going to get a reaction from the, their their you know target audience right exactly yeah unfortunate. it's unfortunate yep. So talk to us about moving it. So you've been successful as a, as a, you know, marketer, you know, you've got your agency. When did you get into being a business mentor? Was that always a part of it? Or is that something that you brought, you started getting into as you grew? Yeah, it definitely came after I started growing from being a solo entrepreneur into an agency. And, you know, I don't know that that was ever really a I don't think I made the decision to be an agency until after I was already an agency. It kind of naturally grew and morphed into this thing. And then I'm like, wait, it's not just me anymore. And I'm looking around, I'm like, oh, I've got a team. And and so, you know, a lot of these things that have happened happen very organically. Mm-hmm. And the same is true of being a business mentor because, you know, when I first started. I was just trying to get by and I was trying to pay tuition. I was, you know, I I broke my housing lease with my college and I moved off campus and I had to pay rent and all of these things. And I know what it's like to work your butt off writing content for not the most interesting platforms and brands and for pennies. And so when I started hiring writers, at my agency, some, you know, I always ask people, tell me what your rate is. And I do my best to accommodate their rates because I believe that our rates are our way of making sure that the work that we do is energetically equitable, where we feel like we're receiving equitable to the amount of energy and time that we are putting into something. And so that number is going to be different for everybody. And I try to let my team members set their rates as much as possible. However, I have a minimum of what I will pay someone. So I have writers who have come to me and they'd say, I'd say, okay, so what do you want for a 600 to 800 word blog post with SEO? And they say $25. I'm like, no way. That's like below minimum wage. There's no way you're going to make a living off of that. You are setting yourself up for a path to burnout. So no, let's start you out at 60 to start since you're a brand new writer, and then we'll grow you from there. And so I more than doubled their rates just on the first 
That's an interview. And that kind of naturally positioned me for my team as someone who was looking out for them and yeah. someone who understood what it was like to be in their shoes and could you know, be on their side, even though I was also employing them. And so my team would start to come to me saying, Hey, I have this other client who's doing this. I think it's scope creep. What should I do? How should I handle it? Hey, can you take a look at my contract? Hey, can you look at my proposal? What would you do in this situation? And I enjoyed that so much. I just felt like I was, it came full circle. And I was hoping that when I was back in those early stages, I wish I had someone to tell me, Hey, you are way undercharging. You're going to burn yourself out. And so I naturally fell into this mentoring role. And because I enjoyed it so much, I decided to separate that out into a completely separate business, which is now Chiron Consulting. That's amazing. That's so beautiful. Like good, good for you. That's why I think things have happened so um, successfully for you because you did look out for other people. And I think, you know, the universe pays you back for doing stuff like that because not a lot of people would do that. It feels like that. I feel like all the things that are coming my way have just been plopped in my lap. And I'm so insanely grateful for that. So if it is a little bit of karma, then thank you, universe. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, I, you have some questions here that I actually really like this one. How do I use manifestation to reach my money, business, and life goals? That's a great question. Hmm. So, so many of us... So what is manifestation really? Manifestation is when you focus on something and you decide that no matter where you are on the map, that is your end goal. Your path to it might be linear. It might be super squiggly. You might go forward and backwards a bunch of times, but eventually you decide that eventually you are going to get there. That is manifestation. So the way that that works is you have to stay focused on that endpoint. If you keep your eyes on the destination, no matter which turns and switchbacks you take, you will get there. The problem is a lot of people spend the majority of their time and energy focusing on the negative. They focus on what if this client doesn't hire me? What if this person fires me? What if I send this proposal and the rate is too high and I don't get the job at all? I'd rather have half the money than none of it. So I'm going to lower my rates. They do all of that because they're focused on the downside, the negative, the fear part of it all. But if you focus on what if I had an amazing client who was just super fascinating, loved everything that I wrote or designed or created for them and paid me like the most I've ever been paid ever. If you focus on that, that's what you will find. I guarantee it. And this isn't just some like woo-woo energetic kind of spiritual practice. This is actually a neurological process that happens in our brains. It starts in what's called the reticular activating system in our brains. It's kind of like if you ever look at the grass and at first you just see the blades of grass and then you see one ant. And you hone in on that little ant and then all of a sudden you look and the whole grass looks to be moving and you notice, oh my God, there's actually a zillion ants here. I didn't even see them before. Your reticular activating system is that part of your brain that focuses on something and allows you to see what you're focusing on. So as you shift your focus, you see and experience more and more and more of that thing. So the key is choose what you're going to focus on. And if you choose to focus on the positive, the abundance, the it's too good to be true. That's what you're going to receive. And then it is true. It's not too good to be true. It just is. And that's how you your life has become so too good to be true. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. Um, what kind of 
clients are like what's your actual ideal client that comes to you for the your agency and for your mentoring? Sure. So on the agency side, I don't really specialize in any industry. I've worked with cybersecurity. I've worked with Pretty Litter, the cat litter company, I've worked with subscription brands, Orange Theory Fitness. I'm kind of all over the place. Oh, wow. Okay. But what I do specialize in is delivering a type of content marketing that actually builds authentic connections between businesses and their ideal customers or clients. So what I look for in an ideal client on the Cornell side is a company that doesn't want to be like everybody else, doesn't want to use scarcity tactics anymore, yeah. doesn't want to be a sterile personality-less brand. They want to actually embody human qualities in their brand. That's what I can help them do in a very authentic way that customers and clients appreciate and are drawn to, as opposed to you having to go bonk people over the head with advertisements. Yeah. On the Chiron side, I work with self-employed creatives, creative freelancers, so designers, photographers, VAs, social media managers, writers. I also work with a couple musicians, um, wow. even some freelance okay. massage therapists, pretty much anybody who is doing a service yeah. and who wants to operate mostly in the digital world, not so much brick and mortar. Sure. I love that. Um, I have one one more question that I want to, I want you to plug your, your handles. What does that, so like I said, I had had a conversation with somebody yesterday and it was really about SEO, artificial mm -hmm. intelligence. And um, I use some things for, for the, for the, my, the pod, for the show to write my blog posts or articles or titles, what have you. What does AI do for your agency? Because I mean, as a freelance writer, it's kind of changing the game a little bit. It is and it isn't. So keep in mind, I was a very late adopter of the Kindle. I'm very traditional when it comes to writing. I'm like, I want to hold a book in my hands. I don't yeah, want my yeah. whole library to be condensed into this one, you know, three quarter inch thick device. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, I resist technology a little bit at times, but I do have a client who insists on using AI for their content creation. Now, what we have found is AI has exploded onto the market. It's mm -hmm. it's come on, ChatGPT came out, and then all of a sudden you have WriteSonic and you have Jasper and you have all of these different platforms that are offering AI. And so it is very trendy and sexy and appealing. And it's like, oh my God, this is the wave of the future. You no longer have to spend hours writing content anymore. Yeah. But... What people tend to overlook is how smart Google is. Yeah. And Google has been keeping pace with AI. And what it is now doing is it's using AI detectors to see how much of your content is actually AI generated. If the majority of your content is AI generated, it demotes your content in terms of rankability. It wants authentic content because humans want authentic content. And so what we've been doing for my uh, client who really wants to leverage AI is we have the AI generate the content based on an outline that I put together for the AI. And yeah. then once the content is generated, 
I'd say it's it's okay. It's like a B minus. Sure. It has a lot of redundancies. It's very surface level. And the content we try to create needs to be a bit deeper, add more value. We don't create these like general WikiHow articles where when you read it, you're like, oh, I already knew all of that. That didn't yeah. add anything for me. So we want to infuse it with more value. So we take the AI content and instead of writing it from scratch, we go through and we edit it, edit it yeah. for brand voice, conciseness, and just quality of the reading experience experience. And then we put that content, that hybrid AI plus human content into an AI detector. And nine times out of 10, it comes back as authentic human written. That's what we're trying to get to. And so I think for anybody listening to this, who wants to use AI to create content and be more prolific, you have to be aware that you can't just give orders to the AI and take what it says and plaster it all over your website. That's going to hurt you. You still need to review it as if a human wrote it and improve it and focus on quality. It's always going to be about quality, not quantity. And the trick with AI is it can easily get people to fall into the trap of prioritizing quantity. Yeah, no, I, so what I, some of the tools I use, I'd always have to review it. It's not like, Mm -hmm. it's not plug and play at all. And I don't care how like, I don't care how advanced AI gets you. I think you're still going to have to review it and put that human touch on it because I would agree with it doesn't always get it right. But um, exactly. where can people find you, connect with you and learn more if they uh, connected with your message today? Sure. So if you're interested in learning more about psychology infused marketing, or if you want to learn my exact writing process that I use for creating super high quality and quick content, you can go to cornellcontentmarketing.com and that's Cornell like the university. And we have a course there, the content creators bootcamp that teaches you exactly what you need to know. If you want to be a freelance blog writer, or if you want help with your marketing, you can reach me through there. And then on the Chiron side, you can reach me at chironconsulting.us and that's C-H-I-R-O-N consulting.us. I'm also on Instagram at Chiron Consulting, Facebook, and LinkedIn as Ray Rose Hyde or Ray Cornell on my Cornell side because Cornell is my maiden name. Hyde is my married name. <laughs> I love it. Uh, she's got all the things. All right, you guys, all we'll put things. all those links in the show notes. So if you connected with Ray today and you're interested in working with her, learning a little bit more on either the marketing side or the mentorship side, do not hesitate to go click those links and check her out. Uh, you mentioned you have a show as well. Do you want to plug your show real quick? Sure. Yes, I have the SOAR podcast. It's all about showing people what's actually possible so that they don't think that this big, lofty, aspirational dream that they have is impossible. And if you want help making your quote unquote impossible dreams a reality, I do have a guide, the complete guide to building a successful freelance business. And you can get that at chironconsulting.us slash guide. Awesome. Uh, as we see the dogs are getting a little rowdy <laughs> behind us. With that being said, this is the part of show I like to ask for last words of wisdom or advice. What would you like to leave with us today? Yeah. I just want people to know that if there's anything you take away from this, it's you set your own standards. If you think I'm not good enough, there's no way anybody's ever going to pay me to do this, then that's what the world is going to deliver to you. If you decide that you only want to work with super fun, amazing, inspiring clients, doing work you enjoy, getting paid really well for it, you're going to get that. You can go to Walmart and buy a little black purse for $10, or you can go to Hermes and buy a little black purse for $6,000. There are people who are going to buy at both price points. You just have to decide who you want to be, Walmart or Hermes. 
Ooh, I like that. That was good. <laughs> Hermes, please. Yes. <laughs> Ray, this is so great. Thank you for jumping on the show and sharing your gifts with us. And um, so co- congratulations to all your success and everything you. you do. You are definitely a um a ray of light and a great example for ladies out there that are wanting to be entrepreneurs and showing them that it is possible to be successful. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Thank you. You're welcome. You guys, this is your host, Deanna Radalescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. As always, don't forget to subscribe, follow, rate, review, comment, share, all those good things. And I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.